Warning, this program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience. Discretion is advised. Going live in 5, 4. What does live mean? Uh. Welcome to the Just Conversation Podcast, the show where we discuss complex philosophic ideas in childish ways. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm your host, Christina. And if you haven't yet, remember to hit that subscribe button to get notified the second new episodes are released. Today, we have something exciting for you guys, but before we jump into what that is, let's take it back. So recently, we had a uh, bit of a catastrophe happening in which Planet X was about to uh, destroy all of us. And so we sent, uh, we teamed up with China, got the Space Force functioning, and uh, between NASA, China, and the Space Force sent uh, all of China's subhumans into space to go ahead and change the trajectory of Planet X so it would completely miss Planet Earth. Fantastic! That turned out great. We're all safe. Great, whatever. They sent us some feedback that on last episode we were just discussing, the theorizing on what could be... Uh, answering questions about what we thought was going on or whatever. But as we've been going through this information, we have actually stumbled upon what seems to be alien life. Yes, we've, uh, looking through the feedback given to us by the subhumans that we sent to save the world, they got back and they, so what they sent us on their way back was something. What they arrived with was much more detailed information, and it entails that there is, in fact, around the Alpha Centauri region, that there are, in fact, aliens. Mm. Now, we don't know exactly what kind of aliens we're talking about here. We just know that it seems to be that there are electronics and uh, machinery in that region. We don't know to what scope there's weird energy outputs, there's radio waves, and there's uh, different kinds of uh, electric interference that can't be caused by nature. And so we're, we're curiously, we, we sifted through that, and it seems to be that there's something over there. But we don't know to what capacity. So today we are in the NASA headquarters again, as told by the Illuminati to come over here so that we can uh, discuss and see if we can set up some sort of uh, agreement. Uh, maybe use our telescopes and maybe use some of those subhumans and go and investigate what's going on over there. If, if at all possible, uh, Christina and I here would like to go our, ourselves a space trip. A space trip and go and investigate what's going on. We would be basically passengers and uh, ambassadors for, for the Illuminati and uh, see what we find over there. But in, in light of that, today we're going to be looking at all the different possibilities of what we could encounter. And I, I believe the best reference for that is the uh, the Kardashev scale. A scale that uh, divides the types of civilizations that could exist beyond our own in the cosmos. And we're going to use a power of perspective to, to shift how that looks. Okay. Do you know where we are? Where we are? We are like 70% into uh, Civilization 1. Do you know how long it'll take to get to Type 1? About uh, a thousand years. A thousand years? Well, Maybe? I'm not entirely sure. So basically, the Kardashev scale, uh, for context, is a, about six different uh, positions that determine the power level of a particular civilization. And uh, these 
different sort of power levels. Over 9,000! No, not that kind of power level. But uh, rather the amount of energy we consume based on the size and technological advancements of any particular civilization. And in uh, this case, we are about 70% into part one of that. We're not even one yet. We are still zero, headed towards one. It's going to take a while to consume all the energy of our planet. We first have to come to terms with uh, the concept of peace that we don't seem so fond of. But we are changing in a way that doesn't count. Or that's not enough? Uh, we're changing. Uh, whether we're changing fast enough is an entirely different question. I mean, the actual Earth itself. Like, we're able to do things to it. Oh, no, that's not good enough. Oh. We can't consume all the energy of our planet. Oh, that's the most important part. Yes. yes. We have to be able to consume all the energy of our planet. Altering our planet doesn't mean anything. We could barely alter a different planet. We're nowhere important. So, yeah, we, we definitely fall under the first type. And a couple of things happen here. So the, the the first bullet point here is that the total energy is of our home planet. We must be able to consume all the energy of our home planet. But we should also, in Civilization One, be able to terraform other planets. We should have not only all the energy consumed from our own planet, or not consumed, but the capacity to, con- to never lose a bit of energy, rather use all of it effectively. And with that amount of energy, we could definitely go and mine things in space and terraform and uh, colonize other planets. Not magnificent, giant colonizations the size of our planet, but we can get to the same state our planet would be a lot sooner based on that technology. It would be ever-increasing. we're already planning on doing? Like- yes, we're planning to do that before we've consumed all the energy of our planet. That's totally fine. That's probably how it usually happens. Yeah. That uh, a civilization goes ahead and takes over one planet. And then uh, before they're using the entire energy, they use, they sort of do the prototype of terraforming and colonization until they fully have their planet dominated. And then it's a lot easier to do this to other planets within their own star system. Do you have to figure it out on all the planets? Or it doesn't matter, like, how much planet... If we do it on one other one, that's still pretty amazing. Yeah, but what what do you mean? Why would we do a... Does it matter for what? Like... Because we, it said that one of the steps is to do it on form, terraforming on planets. No, no, no. We would have the capacity to terraform planets. That's not an obligation. Oh, okay. You are Civilization One so long as you consume all the energy of your planet. Okay. Just the energy capacity determines your level on the scale. And the other planets aren't that important. They don't matter. Okay. Everything else beyond that is just something that could be accomplished because of the energy that you're consuming. But the only thing that puts you there is the amount of energy you're consuming. So on the first scale, on the first type, Civilization One, just by being able to consume all the energy of your planet, you are Civilization One, and the things you can do with that include terraforming. But it's not an obligation. You could be like, I consumed the entire energy of my whole planet, and we made advanced technology that we go introverted to and then never leave our planet at all. You're still Civilization One because you consume all the energy of your planet. Even if you never explore anything else in space. Well, okay. Yeah. So if you felt like staying in Type 1, that's possible? You could definitely stay in Type 1 and never go out. Okay. That is super possibility. But to get to Part 2, you'd have to start going outwards. Yes, it's completely possible that the Mayans themselves, in a previous discussion we had where we'd speculated the Mayans might have gone, either left the planet, but if they didn't, they could have like some sort of matrix facility underground to which they seemingly disappeared to us, but they're all plugged in at the moment. 
Maybe they were right on the cusp of Civilization Mm 1 and just plugged in instead of going outwards. Or if they did go outwards, we would never know. If they did go outwards, we would never know. And what's more fascinating is if they did go outwards and then we started exploring outwards later and we came across alien life, it might not even be alien life. It might be Earth life on an alien planet. Whoa. But that means they would be at least somewhere around us, right? It depends on the level of advancement since that time. We're talking the Mayans are quite a while ago. But not. But it takes, what, like hundreds of years to get to what, the next step? So it'll probably take even more than that to get to the next? Um, It takes giant leaps for sure. Yeah. But also, no. Like, we didn't have electricity, what, 200 years ago? Now everything's electric so like what scale are we talking here like it's probably flying forward pretty quickly and they've had what two thousand years to figure it out if they already accomplished getting off the planet two thousand years oh i don't know when the mayas disappear too long ago anyways other uh, other capabilities for the same um civilization one creatures are in fact not just terraforming other planets but the ability to travel seemingly within their star system they have the ability to explore their star system. So they go from one spot to the other. They can go from rock to planet to moon, meteor and asteroids and whatever. It would uh, Planets would, within the star system, be unharmable because they would have the capacity to easily move around because of the level of energy they have to do so with. And uh, if some tragedy is heading towards one of these planets, they can definitely most effectively protect it, the way we proved with the uh, subhumans. So it's definitely easy and possible to do. Oh, yeah. Because, wait, so it's, it's in, does that make us a little more ahead now that we have subhumans doing that for us? No, 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 no. They would, that would just be something they would definitely have. Like right now, subhumans or not, we have the technology to send up a rocket, attach it to an incoming like meteor, and push it to the side. Hmm. We don't actually need subhumans for that. Yeah. Okay. But it's something that's possible with any range of technology that's rocket and could get far enough. So we're there, and we're not Civilization One yet. Yeah. Okay. They would definitely never find a threat in any of those things because their uh, amount of energy assures them they have the capacity to reach the thing in time and move it out of the way effortlessly. Yeah, it's no worrying. Yeah, there's it's not even a problem. It's like, oh, there's something headed this way. Oh, yeah, send somebody out there to deal with it. And then it's done. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's something interesting about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a different way to think of the same thing, which I, I earlier today is that I started thinking about this, was the uh, single-celled organism. This is a great way to put this into perspective. If we say that the limit is, which we'll discuss later, is the other extent, the highest version of the individual being, if we say we ourselves are a universe, what? then the okay, single-celled organism would be the civilization one. Huh. Yes. Because... If we say that the... What's inside a cell? Well, if we say that the individual atom is a person or something of that nature, we're talking microscopic scales. A single cell has hundreds of atoms. Those are the people. The cell is the planet. Okay. Now we've established a a common ground between these two sort of visualizations. Mm. So we can... Keep that in mind as we upscale. Well, 
And then a perfect example of this is probably the uh, the Federation. The Federation does have the capacity to exit their star system. Mm-hmm. And they've colonized those planets around them. They've colonized those planets and many other planets. They've uh, collectively, the entire Federation has explored only 25% of their entire galaxy. Wow. Or something along those lines. I, the, the furthest advance they are, you know, like the furthest into the future of Star Trek. Yeah. The Even Feder- the ones that tra- time travel? Those don't count because oh. those don't exist within the region we're talking about. Okay, okay. So within the space we're talking, like, I have no idea. We have we don't know anything about them. They don't tell us anything. Okay. But the Federation, the furthest forward we go within the main informative section of that is about 25% of the entire star system, of the entire galaxy, and they have several different races and species included there. So none of them are controlling an entire galaxy, and only some of them have multiple star systems. Most of them are just civilization, one with the capacity to explore outside of their star system. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. They're pretty advanced, but... Yeah, they're not even Civilization two in which they're consuming their... Some of them are, but not all of them. The Federation is definitely not having Dyson Spheres around. Like, I remember an episode in which they were specifically blown away to come across a Dyson Sphere. Like, there's an entire structure around this star. Wow. It's like, that means they don't have that level of technology, yet they can still travel way the fuck away from their star. Because you don't need to... I mean... The the advancement of your technology doesn't have to do with the type of your civilization, or well, not necessarily. Kind of it's tied up to some degree. In their case, their technology aimed towards the ability to travel farther and explore. So even if their civilization won, since all their technology is aimed at how far can we go? Yeah, because I don't know if they can do this, but can they terraform other planets? Have they done that? Yes, they have uh, technology to terraform. To some degree, it's not quick. It takes a while. It's a process. They've discussed that in previous episodes. So they don't have the ability to do it instantaneously. Okay. So they're somewhere in type one. Yeah. So then we have type two. This is a uh, uh, particular type of civilization that has the capacity to use all the energy of their home star. That is so crazy. Yes, that's where we have a Dyson Sphere. As far as we know, maybe in all of Star Trek, as an example, we've seen maybe two or three things that aren't God scale that can do do that. So uh, we saw a Dyson Sphere. Uh, When I mean God scale, I mean creatures that are way outside of this level that they start to dissolve almost how they look and what they behave like. But in this case, a lot of them, and don't get me wrong, back to scale one, there is a creature that lives in the gap between stars. It just explores empty space, and it's born in empty space, and that creature has zero technology, and it can explore star systems. So it's not entirely tied up. It's just a way to measure. But that would be a creature in zero still? It's still, yeah, because it doesn't consume all the energy of a single planet. Okay. It was barely destroying their ship. But they, that thing could go anywhere. But it could just travel, yeah. It could just travel between stars and planets and stuff like that and doesn't have any technology. Cool, yeah. So it's a, a different way for that same thing to happen. But back on scale two, uh, a civilization that has the capacity to use all the energy of their star is also capable of creating planets. 
Wait, I think I remember something like that in um the Avengers movies. The Avengers movie? Yeah, where that giant lived. Yeah, what about him? Isn't that whole That's thing? a Dyson sphere. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, That's a Dyson sphere. To make a weapon. A weapon that could destroy the planet, yeah. That's pretty crazy. But yeah, that's a Dyson Sphere, right? Yeah, Something. it's a pretty overpowered Dyson Sphere. Yeah, that's so crazy. Like, how do you even make something like that? I mean, you're using spaceships or some weird technology. Okay. Like, you're not... Theoretically, a Dyson Sphere, let's say, around the star, right? Yeah. It depends on the scale at which you're doing this. You can make a total shell that surrounds it. And you just pick a spot and you start at that spot and then it's like a solar panel. You basically build an entire solar panel that surrounds the star. If you're inside the star, you'll get scorched if it's too close. If you're outside the star, the sun is blocked. So a star system that has a Dyson sphere that's a complete enclosure of the star is either uninhabited or the Dyson sphere itself becomes the home this takes a different form you can have a dyson sphere that's so big that the sun is in the center and 99 percent of the entire star system is empty space between the star and the outside of the dyson sphere so it's just a tiny little dot in the middle and then a giant globe surrounding that dot and so all the light that comes out has no escape it'll go nowhere except hitting the inside of the dyson sphere you don't want any planets in there? You don't need planets in there. Oh, okay. Because you have... You're living on the Dyson you Sphere. You could live on the Dyson Sphere. Mm-hmm. You're living... You would aim the entire existence of the people in the Dyson Sphere so that the walls of it simulate what societies, cities, uh, towns, uh, planets would essentially be because it would be a shell the size of maybe the most outer planet. Of the star system, it would be out on the whole outer planet. Another version of a Dyson sphere is to have rings. So you have a ring that is the shape of one planet's orbit. Okay. And then one that's the other planet's orbit. And then you keep doing that at different lengths and different widths so that every possible orbit is covered. And as the rings are always moving around each other, they don't touch each other. They catch all the light. Light never escapes. Yeah. And people can live at different stages. You can get rid of all the planets that are there? Yes. Are you able to destroy planets by this time? You would theoretically use all the planets to build these. Oh, okay. You would use the planets, you would use the meteor belts, you would use all the things within the star system to build such a complicated structure. But would anyone actually live on planets, or would they be still using the Dyson Sphere as a new home? There would be no planets in this case. The rings would be at every possible range, so no light escapes. But for any Dyson Sphere type, would there be people living on planets, or there's no point? Oh, no, they would definitely, well, not within that star system specifically, but they would leave that star system. Because one of the things that uh, a civilization in that stage 2 could do is definitely explore other star systems. They could exit their star systems and make another one their home. Mm -hmm. They couldn't as quickly build a Dyson sphere around a different one, but they could get started on the process. Yeah. And they could live on those planets in the meantime. So they will still have be living on planets, but any completely enclosed star is losing is not putting out any light, so any planets outside of it would be frozen, any planets within it would be completely burned to a crisp. Unless it was at the perfect range, in which case you can't have planets inside because you'd be messing up the gravitational pull of the star and the 
people living on the uh, outside, uh, unless it's at the total outside. But then this structure is so magnificently big, it has to have its own gravity, and it would definitely disrupt anything within the system. Okay, and then you wouldn't be able to use the energy if you're, like, way outside? Yes, you need to capture all the energy and have a way to store it and use it. The Dyson Sphere would be that. Yeah. So it'd be best if it was either uninhabited or the home. The star system can't have too many other things in the case of a Dyson Sphere. There would be a lot of dead things outside of a close Dyson Sphere. Well, So that could definitely be it. Let's say a civilization wants to have a Dyson Sphere. Let's say we decide we're going to take the whole Andromeda star and we're going to enclose the entire Andromeda star. We're never going to go live over there. Those plans are going to freeze over. Whatever creatures we find over there are going to die doesn't matter we closed in the andromeda star why are we letting them die we can take them out we use all the energy all the energy of the star right Mm -hmm. none of it goes away it's all stored there we can use that energy for whatever we want we just go over there plug boom we got our warp drive charged whoa that's okay so you warp travel by then hopefully definitely if you're exploring multiple stars you have to okay there's no other way to do that you're so would you need it beforehand though yes like in type using no 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 using all the energy of your star would immediately the fact that you're even building a dyson sphere means you're gathering more and more and more so at like 50 percent of civilization one Mm -hmm. i guess it would be 1.5 so you're fully one, and you're 50% into Civilization two. you should have the technology. So I guess, yeah, theoretically, in, civil- in somewhere in the process of Civilization one, you would achieve warp travel. Just like the uh, in Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You haven't built the Dyson Sphere yourself, but you could definitely get started on it. Mm-hmm. And by the time you've done that, you're in Civilization two. Hmm, what crazy things can they do with their technology? Well, aside from the Dyson Sphere and the capacity to create entire planets, because they have that kind of energy, they just have such an abundance of energy, they can definitely travel between stars, they can explore, they can explore bigger regions of their galaxy. That's a very important thing, just like in Star Trek, they can explore giant chunks of their galaxy, they can head to different parts of it. And uh, 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 this is where, in the visualization we were talking about before, we now have a multicellular organism. So an organism... Inside our body? What happened? We're still comparing the things inside our body? Yes, inside of our body now we have a multicellular organism. An organism that is hyper complicated on such a vast scale. So if we say one cell is one planet, two cells are two planets multicellular, you've taken over a star. Multiple planets. Okay. Yeah. And that bumps us up to Civilization Three, where the total energy, now this is some other, now we're getting to entirely different scales of power. Planet and like star. Like what's already huge, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> in some un, like mind-blowing type of way. Yes, like. <laughs> it's definitely like at a very, very different scale. Mm-hmm. You have to multiply each time by like 100,000. Wow. So the power of the Earth, the Earth doesn't put out the energy the sun does, the Earth could easily be swallowed by the sun. Yeah. So times 100,000 now your sun, but times 100,000 suns? Oh, now we're talking a whole different thing. You understand? Yes. So now that bumps us up to Civilization 3, which is a civilization that can use the total energy of a galaxy. That is crazy. Why do anyone need that much energy? 
we wouldn't comprehend it at this moment. Yeah. But, but there would be reasons. Yeah. And uh, what's crazy about this is how would this even be accomplished? The first and most logical way is the primitive version of colonizing a galaxy, which would be they take star by star by star by star. Okay. It's the primitive way to do it. And by getting stars, like making Dyson spheres. Around yes, these making stars? Dyson sphere around the stars, move on to the next Dyson sphere, on to the next Dyson sphere, on to the next. Okay. And you could uh, send fleets of robots that do this without you needing to be there. You send a fleet of robots here. Uh, these robots are going to use all the materials within the star system to build the Dyson sphere around the star. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to replicate. They're going to build themselves, and they're going to build the star, the Dyson sphere at the same time. So they're going to build themselves and the Dyson sphere, the the Dyson sphere, so on and so forth. And when it's almost complete, they're going to merge themselves into the Dyson sphere, as to not waste any materials. Or they're going to complete that and then build more robots to send to the next nearest star. And they'll be traveling with those robots. They'll be traveling with those robots as soon as there's no more matter left to build more robots with they leave okay and make more yes and so you could keep that process going that they'll use every little bit of everything on their way to build another dyson sphere and then the purpose is always to build the dyson sphere and more robots thus it keeps getting faster and faster because the same robots that helped build the previous dyson sphere now moved on to the second system you built more robots and you built more dyson sphere this one happened twice as fast the next one happened four times as fast next time to the point that it starts spreading like wildfire Okay, this type sounds like the Borg from Star Trek. Yes. Where they're just collecting more of their cells and then... Multiplying faster and faster and faster. Yes, that's definitely what the Borg does. The Borg is a... Minus the fact that they don't enclose stars, they are essentially doing what it would take to take over a galaxy, which is just keep expanding. On top of that, their power compared to the rest of all of the Federation and anybody tangled up with the Federation, seems to be ridiculous. They have too much power. It takes entire fleet armies to do anything. Do they have at least one star with where their original no idea. fleet from, I guess? I don't remember. Oh, okay. But, but they're not even the strongest thing we've seen. Just the Q continuum alone is stronger than the Borg. But that's a whole other type. That's a whole other type. So as of uh, Civilization Three, the capabilities of creating stars is one of the things they can do. They I have can't s- even imagine that. What? Well, we are figuring out fusion now, and we haven't even taken over our planet. That's pretty crazy. Man. When you have the energy of several stars, you can easily jumpstart your own invention. Your own star. Yep. Whoa, that is so mind-blowing. From our scale, yes. From theirs, it would just be another day. Mm-hmm. Do we also take over black holes? When you're at that scale, you can take over black holes. You can't take over supermassive black holes. That would be the galaxy. Okay. Yeah. Because can we get energy from black holes the same way we can get from suns? Um, To some degree, you can get, you can get energy from black holes. It's different kinds of energy. It's a lot of radiation. Oh, so that's probably more dangerous? <laughs> I mean, it's all dangerous. It's all dangerous. Yeah, it's all dangerous. But <laughs> here's what's interesting. In order to build a Dyson sphere, because look at it like this. You can have a black hole where the sun is right now. Replace the sun with a black hole of the same mass, and whatever Dyson sphere you had surrounding it would function the same, and nothing in the star system would change. It's the same gravity. 
The mass wow. is identical. Nothing would change. You would have a black hole in its place. So the same way we take over stars, we could take over black holes for sure. I don't see the use in it. It's not for the energy. It depends on energy. I don't know. I okay. really don't know. It might not be. It could be. I don't know. I doubt it. Isn't everything falling in? I don't know. I mean, I think the what it gives out is just not strong it's enough. It's not enough. Okay. But That's to do that to a supermassive black hole, that brings up two very strange images. What? The first one is, if you were to build a Dyson sphere surrounding the black hole specifically, how fucking large would it have to be when a black hole like this is so freaking large? It's hundreds of thousands of stars big. But there are stars that are hundreds of... There are some really huge stars There's out there, There's some ginormous too. stars, yes. But they're, the supermassive black hole is crap tons of times bigger than the biggest star we've ever seen. Yeah. There are stars yeah. bigger than black holes, don't get me wrong, but they're not bigger than supermassive black holes. No. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. But then, isn't that part of taking over the galaxy? You'd have to put it around the black hole and all the stars and everything around it and whatever? Yeah, no, not necessarily. That would be... That's what I'm talking about. That would be a really weird Dyson sphere. Because if you... If you had a Dyson sphere, uh, what I picture is a Dyson sphere surrounding the supermassive black hole. How big would it have to be and how would you construct such a thing if you're still... I mean, I guess the fleet of robots that you've sent to construct everything everywhere else could essentially use it and then go ahead and with that collective energy... But would that be... Would that energy be worth it? No idea. Hmm. Then the second visualization of how to take over a... Now, this would be a... I guess a civilization at the tail end. Because at the beginning of being Civilization 3, where you took over your whole galaxy, how you start taking over a different galaxy is you send over the robots, or maybe that's how you took over your galaxy the first time. So in the middle of Civilization 2, where you colonize uh, an entire region of space, and you're, you've got these robots repeatedly taking over entire stars, and they multiply and take over. some point in that process, you've taken over the whole galaxy. Now, once you are a galactic civilization, you become a multi-galactic civilization. In type 3, you are multi-galactic, because you've consumed all the energy of your star, which means not only can you create stars, but you can travel between galaxies. What? So you have what? the energy to cover these vast, ridiculous. ridiculous distances. Here's the kicker. How do you then colonize more than one galaxy? That process you had before hmm. is the ancient process. The old way of doing it. That's how you did it the first time. Now you should theoretically have the power. Something the, new and faster? Yes. Towards the end of Civilization three. You should be able to build a single Dyson sphere that surrounds every star within the galaxy. How big would this structure be that it is a, a fabricated structure? It is created, it's designed by yeah. intelligent life, and it encompasses the entire galaxy, galaxy in one shot. That's there huge. How do you even, like, there could be on? things in space that think they are the only living galaxy and it's because they don't see stars when they look into the night sky i mean no they don't see foreign galaxies when they look into the night sky all they see are stars 
They think we are the only galaxy. And the reason is because while they started developing and whatever, some foreign alien life form came, built an entire Dyson sphere around them before they even evolved to the point to question it. Yeah. And then kept moving. Whoa. So you come to be within a Dyson sphere and you don't even know you exist in it. Yeah. But if... I wonder if they'd even consider space travel. And if they do, like, what happens when they find the edge of the... They would think they found something weird. Yes. And when they get there, I wonder what they would think of it. That's an interesting story to write right there. You space travel to the edge of your Dyson sphere. But we can scale this down and think of... uh, If there was a Dyson sphere surrounding our planet, we might think we're the only planet. If there is a Dyson sphere around our star system, we might think we're the only star system that exists. But would we wonder, like, what is going on? Because that technology, we'd figure it out eventually. Who knows? What that is. Or would it be so alien to us? Um, We could literally think it's not technology. We could just think that is the end of the universe. Like we're in some type of actual bubble. Yeah. Like- Which will then, we're going to come back to that subject soon, as we scale up and you're going to understand my point of view on something. Mm-hmm. Um, these galactic, this multi-galactic creatures in type three towards the middle and end of type three, they can explore not just multiple galaxies, but just like being a type two that can capture an entire star and explore regions of their home galaxy. You can explore regions of your observable universe. So you're moving from star to from galaxy to galaxy to galaxy to galaxy effortlessly. As you gather more, you can travel further. I wonder how. Like, do you still use ships? Is there some new way? Like, you just teleport? Um, definitely. It could be so many different things. Like, who knows? Yeah. And this is just basing the evolution of our own technology, because there could be creatures that don't even go technological and discover some sort of transcendent state that they could use, and they call that technology. And they're just, as they master this sort of mentalism, they move from one star to another, and then they start moving from one galaxy to another, and it's not even technology. We would consider it mysticism, but... That is crazy. From one galaxy to the other. To the other. That distance. Just the distance between two stars is crazy. Yeah. Man, it just keeps getting bigger. Yeah. It takes us a freaking lifetime to get to Alpha, literally, to Alpha Centauri. That's the the nearest star. Okay. The distance between two galaxies is nuts. The nearest galaxy to us, Andromeda, would take us so freaking long. Us to just go through our own galaxy? Yeah, it's 200,000 light years across. Or uh, No, it's my bad. It's 100,000 light years across. So it takes light 100,000 years to cross our galaxy. So end up with warp something? Warp. Yeah, we need some crazy warp. In Star Trek, their level of warp didn't take them that far. We're talking their warp only had them exploring the same tiny region of space. 25% with all the shared knowledge. So we need something even more advanced. That's Warp is just works for type 1 or type 2 or something. Type 1 and 2, yeah. It's just local shit. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what's next then. They yeah, there has to be something. something much, much more overpowered than warp. What about traveling through the subspace? Isn't there a creature that does that in that show? That travels through subspace? I don't remember. Oh, in um, Janeway, I think, was it was creatures coming out of something and they were really strong. 
They're kind of like aliens. Oh, <laughs> that they were like like fluid space or some crap yeah. like that? Maybe. Maybe that was subspace, was it? I know I they know. called it fluid space. I don't know what fluid it was. Space, but... So yeah, this uh, Type 3 civilization would definitely be able to explore their uh, surrounding home galaxy. And uh, again, this is a weird thing to think about, but think of a creature. They have to live forever by now, right? Like, um, the only way look, they can be after, doing these things. After you've accomplished Civilization 3, uh, you are considered immortal because you, there's not, not the individual creature. But the civilization themselves, yeah. You, uh, oh. Civilization three is when you've escaped extinction. Civilization one, your star explodes, you could still die. Civilization two, even if you've colonized your whole star in a local area, there could there are still magnificent things that could happen. Two black holes collapse, two supernova, two supernova slam into each other. They can destroy the nearby stars. That's the size of those explosions. But at Civilization Three, you've escaped the possibility that one single event can destroy all of your civilization. You've spread out too far. So you've escaped the possibility of extinction minus the universe ending. But you're not immortal yet? You don't necessarily. Have, I mean, you could be, but depends on the, the individual life form. And it has nothing to do really with immortality oh, okay. as an individual lifespan. But uh, it'd be weird to consider what a creature born in the vacuum between galaxies would even appear to be. I don't know. They, because you, would you even be able to see it? I mean, we wouldn't be able to see it as far as we know. As far because as we, know. we can't go there. But if we were in that region, would it be the size of like whales, the size of planets? Or maybe there are creatures within the gaps of galaxies the size of galaxies just floating around. And we look at them and we're like, that's just nature. We don't see anything. We don't see animals. We don't see living things. But it is alive and it is a living thing roaming the gap. That's kind of creepy. But yeah. Mm. But that would make it even more dangerous, though. Once we are doing this, if we do encounter things between galaxies... And we had no idea. Um, We wouldn't have any idea. There'd be nothing we could do unless we're seeing it on that scale. When we look at a galaxy, unless we're moving at a crazy high speed, the galaxy is going to look still to us. It's going to look incredibly still. The galaxy? Yes. If we're looking at a galaxy from a distance, it's going to look very still. Hmm. If we were looking at a creature that size, it would presumably be moving at those speeds. Okay. It would look incredibly still and natural. Meanwhile, at its speed, it thinks it's like us, moving around all quick and normal and stuff. And they can't see us at all then. Yes, we're flying by at speeds. Like, if the galaxy is alive right now, it has no idea we exist. Oh, okay. And we think it's just the still thing that we live on. We know it's moving, flinging through space, but we're not thinking it's choosing to move anywhere. Like, it could have a mind of its own. Yeah, maybe the black hole is a mind. But... If we were to go back to that organic angle, this is a creature that has developed the ability to move from a body to another body, whether it would be like a bug, like influenza or something. It's a multicellular thing that can jump from one to the other, from body body to body. body. They can explore multiple bodies. Oh, Mm. is that good? I don't know. Um, some antibodies we could take from one body and put into another. Oh, okay. Well. Um, then we jump up to Civilization 4. 
Well, I don't know if we mentioned this, but how many are there? Of what? Six. Oh, six. Okay. So, yeah. Type four. Total energy of observable universe. You have to be able to consume what? the total energy of the observable universe. I don't even understand how. Well, now, this could theoretically be the total energy of the whole universe, whether observable or not. But we don't actually know the size of that. So we'd have to say the total energy of the observable universe. Not only that, like we were talking about earlier, a Dyson sphere that surrounds an entire star. A Dyson sphere that surrounds an entire galaxy. Those creatures might think that that is all there is. Mm -hmm. When we look at the edge of our universe, our observable universe, what we see is a wall of radiation. But that could just be... A giant Dyson sphere that is literally wrapped around our entire region of space-time. And we think that's just the distance of our observable universe. But... Uh... The reason we see the radiation on the wall and the reason we see light from what seems to be crazy long ago is because it is because it landed on a literal wall surrounding us. Yeah. And if we were to go over there, we would come across some sort of mechanical electric device consuming all the light coming out of the bubble we exist in. We might not be mechanical. It might not be mechanical. It might be some other technology beyond um, our understanding. Yeah. And it's just capturing 100% of... Then again, what we consider the fabric of space-time or that radiation wall. It could, be, it could be technology that is a wall of radiation somehow. Yeah, because they're super advanced. So they could pretty much, well, for in our eyes, do anything. Yes. And so what, what we consider our observable universe could just be one of many Dyson spheres. Thus, what? our whole universe exists within a bubble, but not a natural bubble. A manufactured bubble. Mm -hmm. And there could be many bubbles like this, and we consider those alternate universes or other universes or other inflation spaces. Inflation spaces? Yeah, you know how there's different what? bubbles inflating at different rates? We might think that's the case, and it's just they built this thing around us at a certain rate. Okay. Oh. And so there's that a bunch of different strange. ones building everywhere oh. at different rates. Mm-hmm. And those are just bubbles consuming giant regions of space. Man. But then where are they living? Are they still living in here? Are they living outside that of this? That is two different things that could be happening. One could be our, our space is infinite. So they exist within the singular infinite universe. So they're not within our bubble necessarily. They could be. They could have trapped our entire bubble and they're within the bubble using that energy exploring this giant vast thing we consider our observable universe but that would theoretically for a civilization with that capacity seem like a small space they would probably be outside of it in the vast infinity Whoa. without seeing limit in any direction while they have a bubble surrounding a bunch of regions and they just dodge those bubbles and keep moving so what are they able to do now at this scale they can create entire galaxies at will because the previous one could make a bunch of stars whenever it wanted to, pretty much. It had the capacity for that. So this one could make so many stars. They could smash. Uh, they could condense so much matter and uh, make it so dense that they can make black holes at will. They can make supermassive black holes at will. They can create stars in the right orbits and planets in the right orbits of those stars. They can, they can design their own galaxy. 
however they feel needed. They are capable of, if the universe is infinite and it's singular, then these bubbles we would call observable universes and the larger space would be the multiverse. They would be capable of travel between individual bubbles, which is really just trapped bubbles they've made. So they can traverse the totality of space and the limit would be part four here so it's not really multiple universes in this in this version of it it wouldn't be it would be one universe and they've made bubbles that seem to be contained universes but are not they're just observable universes independently so in this case they've already reached the max point they can't go higher than this they can use all of everything the only next step would be five in which they would theoretically take over the whole space but it's infinite they would take over the infinity in stage five there would be no more than that and they can move in stage four from one trapped observable universe to another trapped observable universe they can make uh galaxies um what else can they do space time travel what is that Oh, wow. Yeah, they can alter within the bubbles that they've made. They can choose how fast things go. They can choose the densities of certain things. They can craft things because of the amount of energy they have. I mean, the whole universe, they're They're, they're able to just make... Yes, the observable universes. They can make entire observable universes. And in doing so... Well, it's hard. They're not capable of creating an observable universe yet. They've captured one. Yeah. They're capable of traversing to others. Oh, okay. So they can't necessarily create one yet. Oh, okay. But within this, they have the energy that they already captured an entire universe. They can alter things. They can change the space-time within that universe by changing the speed and the density of certain things, thus increasing how fast time moves in certain regions or make everything so fast that everything is super slow or make everything so slow that everybody moves crazy fast through time. Uh, they can change the the shape of gravity by That's making too things... too much power. From our understanding, mm-hmm. yes. For them, it might just be another day. Yeah. Well... Now... A way to think of this would be a complex, intelligent organism. We can say that that is a human. Okay. Because the human has the capacity to alter parts of its body, which are made of cells. A human has the capacity to modify things within itself, to change things, to alter how a human functions. And we can't just craft a perfect other human. But we can alter another human. We can make other humans. That's, that's different. Not, that's different. It's not oh, the same sorry. thing. No. We can alter yeah. humans. We can like impregnate a person, but that would mean that like naturally another star system happened from a previous star system. Okay. Like that's okay. not applicable in this case. Mm-hmm. But they can definitely create or modify. They can definitely modify other existing systems and modify themselves and alter the rules of how they themselves work. That's a multi-cellular, intelligent, complex organism. And that's just Civilization Four. What? Assuming space is not infinite and Stage 5 doesn't end with just capturing the rest of what is the same, Mm -hmm. we exist within a bubble that is infinite 
and there are more than one of, and there is a region outside of this, filled with other similar and different bubbles. That would be the multiverse in a case where our universe is one of many. And in that case, we would end up at Civilization V, where the creature has the totality to capture the total energy of its multiverse. In stage four, they could traverse the multiverse mm. in the case that multiple universes exist. What are they doing with this energy? We don't know. So crazy. So they could use the total energy of the entire multiverse. They lose no energy. This gives them weird things. They, they're cap Here they are actually capable of designing entire universes. Just like before in stage four, if they capture the observable universe and that is literally just what another universe is, then in stage four, you are a multiverse creature. If the multiverse happens naturally and universes happen naturally, in civilization five, you must capture the universe and mm -hmm. use that energy to create universes. It's not just technology that encompassed the piece of space and you called it a universe. It's an actual natural universe, and you can capture multiple of those. But what's in between all these universes? In bit, I don't know. That's just a different version of space. Yeah. Not only that, but in the case that's, that Type 5 takes over an entire multiverse, that means that in Stage 4, our observable universe is just what we're seeing, and there's more that goes on. Civilization 4 would then not just have access to us there, it would have access to whatever giant bubble we exist in regardless of size. And then Civilization 5 would take over that along with anything like it. And these creatures have crazy abilities. Just like in 4, if it was one universe, in 5 they have the ability to alter space-time within the universes independently. They could choose different universes to alter in different ways. They can make universes work completely different. Are those the Q? Uh, yeah, for the most part. That's a type of thing. The Q did state that they began at a primitive state like this very long ago. They were there a long time ago? Yeah, that they've always been since then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So something along those lines, they worked their way to wherever they are. Mm -hmm. And they can alter space-time, and they can manage events within universes, and they are capable of existing within the space of the multiverse without having to be inside of any particular universe. And a, a good way to think about this is a creature within the seventh dimension, uh, usually a religious gods like Brahma and Jehovah that are the creators of all that is but seem to be within it somehow at the same time like they're bound to this there's only one of these things and they made it yeah that is the seventh dimension and a creature that has the multiverse as an extension of them is a seventh dimensional creature if you're using a uh, string theory to look at it we'd see them as a god we would essentially see them as a god because they have all those god powers. Yes, they would have the ability to do things beyond our comprehension. Although, I feel like a lot of these types are already there, too, where we would see them and be like, whoa. Yes, a lot of them would be, but we would still be able to distinguish. We w If we were to say gods as a term, and the fifth is that, then we would have to say that perhaps a demigod 
is somebody with the capacity to control a galaxy, but not the universe. Okay. You see? What? So they have godlike abilities, they but they're have... not all powerful. Yeah. Which is type 5. Okay. Yes. Um, to an extent. And uh, another way to think about this same thing in a our type of scale thing is the literal possibility of creating originality within the universe. That would be giving birth. We can naturally create more nature without us designing anything particularly. We are a creature that can replicate and have multiple of entire universes going on, not just modifying what exists. Okay, so that's having babies. That's the ability to give birth in general. Just as God can create an entire... What happened? Making clones? No, because that's replication. Okay. The ability to create genuine life is different than uh, cheap imitation. Okay. One is technology, the other is nature. In the seventh dimension, in stage five civilization, type five civilization, you're creating nature. Wow. But you're creating nature with technology or it's now so it's, it's like kind of indistinguishable it's the same thing there's no difference at this point okay yeah it stopped having a difference as soon as you hit stage four i think you lose the ability to distinguish between nature and technology it's pretty much the same thing oh wow yeah okay and then that takes us to civilization six which is a weird sort of obscure one that's harder to understand because it's the totality of all that could be. It's sort of using the energy of the all. Another way to word that is, if God exists within reality, this is a being that has the ability to control all the energy that we call reality. Whatever that might be. What? Like, so it breaks down to beyond understanding. Yeah. Yes, I don't understand. Yeah, okay. Because at least we can so. try to imagine. <laughs> we have words and dialogue that could discuss God. Uh-huh. We don't have that for a creature with the capacity to take over the all. To have the infinite energy and ability to consume everything. Outside of the multiverses? Yes, outside of the multiverse. It's just, a, it, multiverse is a concept that doesn't even make sense here. Possibility, it has that energy. It has the energy of possibility. What? A couple of ways to think of these same things. You can create multiverses. You can create the ability for things to be created. You can create the place where God would hang out. Okay, what? But that's not God? Or God's God, I guess? You could say God's God. In the string theory, you are in the 11th dimension here. That is where everything kind of unites. You're essentially reality itself, you could say. Wow. Yeah, you control so much energy, you are reality. You are reality. You're not even a being and doing things then? Nope. If we think of the global consciousness where a singular individual human perspective is civilization one, the united singular consciousness that projects all of reality is civilization six. It's this oneness of all that could possibly be. Oh. Uh, pure consciousness. Pure consciousness. Pure consciousness. What does that mean? Yeah, the concept of energy stops, uh, breaks down. It's just the potential to create energy. The potential so you're for just energy. doing it yourself. You it's, could you essentially know. say that, but it, it in the way you're wording it, it, it assumes there could be more than one doing that. No, the concept of more than one breaks down here, and there is just one. And the one thing is doing all of this? 
yes. through its mind? If nothing exists, the space outside of the furthest space you can pull out of, it's controlling that. Okay. If you can exit the multiverse and see something and see, oh, point at it, that's the multiverse, and wherever you are, there's no more of this, you're controlling that energy. You're there. So yeah, reality. You can alter the state of reality. You can cease all things if you felt like it. Because you have that capacity of energy. That is... Oh, this is harder to understand. Okay. Yeah, it oh. definitely breaks down. It, it falls into a weird little hole. Yeah. And how is that compared to our bodies? Com- that was compared to our bodies. That it's was? consciousness. <laughs> that, that Those last few were oh. me describing how it would play out with us. But it's weird because it breaks down to the point that it no longer relates to anything else. It breaks down the way we look at it in the universe to the way we look at it within ourselves. It just stops being a thing. It's something, yeah. It's our mind, it's our consciousness, the way in the universe, it's the fabric of reality, but we call reality and consciousness the same. We say reality is scientific, and we say consciousness is spiritual, philosophical, but we're talking about the same thing. One is a scientific term for the all, the other is the spiritual term for the all. But is our consciousness outside of our body? Our consciousness creates the illusion of our body. Okay. And so reality is, so reality is doing that too? Like reality is this thing? We exist within reality. Yeah, but that's the thing that's making everything? It's not necessarily choosing anything, but it also is. We're all here. I mean, it can alter reality, so it's not really reality. It's something else. Whatever this thing in the scale is, it has the capacity to alter reality, whether it's reality or not is the question because is there a space outside reality or is reality the furthest out space and if they exist within that space then they have not consumed the entire energy of it and if they control the entire energy of it they're indistinguishable from it are you your consciousness is your consciousness you or are is your consciousness within your mind but your mind is projecting your body that's what's happening okay whoa Man, I yeah, don't know. it breaks down hard. Yeah, like I thought everything else was pretty huge. Yeah, compared to each other, but this one, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't even know. Like, yeah, it's a problem. It's something that can control reality, but it has to be reality because there's nothing outside reality. Yeah, reality is the structure. I don't know. What? It is what it is, man. Okay. Anywho, wow. so yeah, that's pretty much where we are on that uh, on that end. That's pretty crazy stuff right there. Yeah, it, it breaks down. It's super complicated. Hopefully, when we do get this set up, if we can get this set up and we can take a trip to uh, Alpha Centauri and see what's going on over there, what we spotted over there, what the subhumans came back with, it's none of the last couple of things no, we saw. No, Ultimately, it can't be stage six. It can't be five. It can't be four. It can't be three. It could it's, be one, though. It's one or two at best. At best, it's two. Um, two is what again? Two is an entire star. One is their entire planet. They could definitely have taken over their entire planet, and what we're seeing is technology getting ready to slowly migrate to the next stage. Okay. So, so it's was... one or two. Yeah. If it's two, we're fucked. Like, if they got violent on us, it would be over. We had no way to defend against that. No, unlikely, but in the unlikely case that they did, we are screwed. 
Aren't we the violent ones? We're going to go over there and murder them and take over their whatever hey, as, they're making. As long as they're humanoid, we're good. Okay. But if yeah. they're giant cockroaches? See, those weren't aliens. Those were our oh, mistakes. Those were our mistakes, yeah. Aliens are presumably are not going to be freaky giant cockroach people. No. What if they look like us? That's fine. Then it's probably the Mayans that went out there. Whoa. We're going to find the Mayans. Yeah, maybe the Mayans are out there. Who knows? Yes. Anywho, I hope you guys enjoyed discussing that. The, uh... The Kardashian scale. The Kardashian scale? The Kardashian scale. The Kardashian scale. The Kardashian scale. Well, yeah, whatever. The Kardashian scale. Uh, discussing the types of civilizations and stuff. I hope that was enlightening. And I hope a little perspective kind of fell on you guys about I how weird that is. I hope it scares you when you have nightmares about it. What? Anywho, if you guys enjoyed this and uh, like things of this nature, you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at JustConvoPod. You can also find the podcast on the official website at GreatThoughts.info or on iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and so many more places. Yes, all the places. All the places. Remember to hit that subscribe button, rate, and review the show, and, uh, you know, leave us comments and stuff. Yes, and let everyone know. Yes, word of mouth. Tell everybody about the show. Talk about it. Share it with people. Hit them with it. While they're walking down the street, you grab the show and you toss it at them. Aim for the back of their head. And they're going to be like, what the fuck was that for? And they're just like, look at it. I'm like, okay. Boom, you just shared the show a little more. Whoa. This has been the Just Conversation Podcast. Take nothing personal. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. I don't know. Send like libraries <laughs> mail you books. <laughs> yes. That has to be a new thing, right? Yeah, fuck it. Look, libraries need to keep up. Yes. They're they're lagging, bro. That's why they're going extinct. They're not they're not adapting. Mm-hmm. If cool. a library adapted and they started sending books to your door like Amazon does, what? Like can you imagine if Amazon let you borrow a book for one dollar and then was like, now now we pick it up. We use Postmates anyways. What we do is, we you pay us $1, we send you the book. As soon as you're done with the book, notify us, put it in your mailbox, Postmates takes it, you're done. And yeah. you could do that as many times with as many books. You know how often people who read consistently will be renting books? Same thing with movies. You can buy an $18 movie, or you can pay $1 and we'll drop off the DVD, or you can rent it for $1 and then we get it again. Yeah. But libraries should say doing that. Yeah, libraries got to keep up, man. Hi, my name is Nick. I'm Brandon. We are the hosts of the Tennis Podcast, where every week we cover a different top tennis list. We cover lists such as the highest grossing films of all time, the best selling musicians of all time, the. The sexiest mogwais, the richest leprechauns. All this and more we cover on the Tennis Podcast. I had more. You can find us on all podcast players, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. All you got to do is search for 10ISH podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TennisPod. And Brandon, what will we do if the listeners don't check out our podcast? We'll cut your fucking head off. Don't make us cut your fucking head off. Listen to the Tennis Podcast.
Bye. Good night. Good morning. 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 Good night. Good morning.